The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. All right, Katie Christensen will join us one hour from now. Jason Ross, Chris Verlott hanging out here this morning. No Carmichael Day with us today as uh, we roll right along. Um, Chris, uh, I was going to, I got to bring this up to you before we get to our segment here talking a little bit about the Kings and last night in the NBA. Um, you've been in radio, what, 15, 16 years or so? Something like that? Um, 2003. Oh, wow. 21 years. 21 years. Okay. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm coming up on like uh, I guess I'm at 30 of doing this. Maybe, Loser. <laughs> uh, maybe even go back to college. You go a little bit more. Counting. Oh, if I, you go back to college, when uh, it started. Uh, 23. 23. Yeah. So I'm in the, the 30 plus now. Um, and there's something that I've never and I like this that it's this way, but I it still hasn't changed this feeling. So um, I have always felt like, in this case, I'm looking at you and talking to you. I realize there are more people out there. It's probably changed a little bit with the dynamic with YouTube, and you see the chat, and so you know there's people there. Um, But the second someone tells me they're listening, it's like, oh, I now feel like I'm talking to them. Has that Does that happen? Because there's yes. someone I would say that texts me that I was very surprised, that texts me during the break of, of prominence, that I was like, Kelly wow. Brothers. What's that? Kelly Brothers. No. Uh, I'll tell you in the break. I don't want to say who it was. But, like, people would know if I had said who it was. But, like, they're listening. And they said very nice things. And I thought, wow. I just – sometimes you just – I never take it that way. I just, like, look, we're trying to do the show, trying to be informative, entertaining, get our opinions out there, all that kind of stuff, uh, read text, all that. Just try to take it all in. But sometimes when someone tells you – I don't know if you if you – if you internally are a little bit different when you know someone tells you they're listening, if that makes sense. Um, I think you know me pretty well that I don't really don't change. <laughs> no, I, and I'm not saying I, yeah, I don't yeah, think I know I'm what changing you're about. either. Maybe it's a, like an internal thing. Like I'm going to try to do it the same way. Like, but you go, oh, wow. Or maybe I feel like I'm talking to them now yeah. as opposed to talking to all of you. But I don't even know like when I'm sitting across from Dave or from you or for if Styles and Watkins are here. I'm trying to talk to you guys because that's where it's narrowed in. But then, you know, it just branches out and you're also including everybody else. But it's different when you know someone is listening or if you get a text during a during a game or during. Oh, that was funny. Like, oh, you heard that. Or when you hear it later, like I heard you last week. That's different than when I'm listening yeah. now. And the, you're like, the thing I always get scared about is my mom will say like, oh, I heard you on the show the other day. I'm like, oh, no. What did I say? Yeah. Um, and then the one I've said this story before, the one that I was like, I, I think it was really early on when I started. And it just blew my mind. Uh, I was trying to get, I was Grant's producer trying to get Peter King on his show. And we, I got him booked and we we're good. And I was like, hey, Peter, this is Jason Ross, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, Jason, good to talk to you. He goes, I heard you this weekend. And I'm thinking, you, wait, what? No, and I was thinking, I, you've got the wrong person. He goes, no, weren't you on a show? And he was like, he didn't remember the title of the show, but I was on a show years ago here called The Sports Dudes on the weekend with Matt Ivey. Sports with dudes. <laughs> And he's like, no, I was out in, I think he said Rockland at Niners camp. He goes, I heard you and your partner. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. 
Oh my gosh, Peter, you know what I'm thinking? Oh my gosh, Peter King was listening. Wait, what did we say? Were we embarrassing? Were we good? Were we bad? Oh no, Peter King remembered. Did he remember for the right thing, for the wrong thing? And you start to get in your head. But anyway, appreciate all of you out there that are listening um, and sending messages for sure. That's uh, That is very, very nice. Um, so last night in the NBA, did the Kings get what they needed? Well, not entirely as we continue to do our standings watch in the Western Conference. Still, Sacramento Kings to some extent can control their own destiny. I always like it when the path is a little bit easier, if it can be. Uh, last night, if you go in the Western Conference games of relevance, uh, Minnesota won at the top of the Western Conference. They stayed there. OKC matched them with a win. Denver obviously was off. They get the Kings tonight. Clippers did not play. The Pelicans uh, moved into fifth place by themselves with a win. I would say a bit of a surprise because they went into New York and played the Knicks, who have been playing well, but they didn't have a couple of their key players, so they took advantage of that opportunity. The Suns had the day off. They stay isolated in sixth. The Kings began the day tied for seventh with the Dallas Mavericks, but Dallas, if you don't know by now, had this heartbreaker against them. In this situation, you can't have anybody get an easy shot. Kleber has that tip by Mobley, but Dodgers gets it back. Dodgers dumps inside Washington, puts it in. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Struce from midcourt. Love that call. What an amazing shot by Max Struess. A dagger thrown at the Dallas Mavericks. So what that did last night was drop Dallas a half game below the Kings. So uh, the Kings, as we speak, by themselves in the seventh seed. A half game ahead of Dallas. A half game behind Phoenix. The Warriors won again. They are now tied with the Lakers for the ninth spot. But by percentage points, they go ahead with the uh, 30 and 27 record. The Lakers are 31 and 28. And so that's a look at the top 10 in the Western Conference. So as we always do now in the Western Conference top 10, we gave you the standings. What would it look like if the postseason were to begin today or at least the play-in season? That's where the Kings would be. The Kings are still in the same spot as they were yesterday. They would be the seven, though. They would host the eight, which would be Dallas in a one-game play-in. If the Kings were to win, they would get OKC as a 7-2 matchup. If they were to lose, they would also host the second game of the play-in, and that would be against the Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers winner. Again, that's a path um, for fans and maybe for, I don't even know if the Kings would say they would want this, not the Kings, but the uh, those that sell tickets and opportunities to have two more home games, they would probably some part find the uh, silver lining in the hat. I don't like the risk-reward there. Too scary for me. Because you have uh, two bad days, you're gone. And you could have a, a season well above 500, a season that had some promise in it, had some frustration in it, and you could be out. So I, they, they got to avoid that situation. So all that being said, tonight we'll have a little bit later what to watch as far as how the impact of tonight's game can imp- impact the standings. But the tiers are still kind of established here as the Clippers are now three back of Minnesota and OKC. 
Denver is two back, but that's the top four. Those are all the teams that are tracking home court advantage in the Western Conference. The next tier I'm still calling five through eight, and that is New Orleans, Phoenix, Sacramento, and Dallas, though the Lakers and Warriors are pushing. They're getting a little bit closer to that tier, and behind them, there's distance now. The Jazz are four back of the Lakers. The Rockets are five and a half, and, and then past that, it's not happening for Memphis, for Portland, and San Antonio. I mean, you start to look at win losses in the West from uh, the outside the top 10. The Jazz have only lost their last game. The Rockets two in a row. The Grizzlies two in a row. Blazers nine in a row. Spurs have lost their last five. You look at the top of the West, there's Denver winners of three straight, OKC six in a row, and Minnesota two in a row. It's going to be a lot on the head-to-heads the rest of the way. A lot for the Kings on their matchups and what they do the rest of this week is is tough with Denver tonight and Minnesota on Friday. So we'll get into a little bit more of that later too this hour, or next hour, I should say, when we talk with Katie Christensen, the Kings television analyst, and when we preview tonight's matchup with the Kings and Nuggets. But again, back to what's important in the standings watch. You've got to take care of your own business first. And, you know, if the Kings can consistently do that, I know we didn't necessarily have a number when they had 28 to go since the break, but said the closer they got to 20 would really boost their chances of getting to that first goal that Monty McNair had addressed. He wanted top six, certainly to avoid the plan, and then top four if uh, if at all possible. So uh, the first one's doable. The second one I think is going to be really, really tough to the Kings to get into the top four. All right, when we come back, we've got more to get to on this And, you know, we've been talking about trying to get respect for the Sacramento Kings. I feel like this has been a conundrum of a season, but also a situation that we've been talking about for a while where we want the love for guys like Sabonis and Fox. And then we also get mad at this team when they come up short and they play under man. Like we're in this this weird kind of no man's land. Well, the Kings are still searching for their love and some of the fans are as well. But do they deserve it? We'll discuss that. And another area where it's not showing up for the Kings nationally, we've got that next. Black and purple. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on your local sports leader, Sacktown Sports. I was uh, saying to start the last segment, you know, it's always, I always appreciate everyone that's out there that's listening and uh, tells me they're listening to sometimes on our, our text, our YouTube, or my own personal chat line so uh, and i deemed them someone of prominence that was listening would you agree as i told you who that was yes okay. agreed um and he's trying to run the country and he's texting you <laughs> well you never know um and then my brother chimes in thank you for saying i'm someone of prominence of course he is but that's not who i was referring to but he is someone of prominence um we are i, I always marvel at us um in sacramento i think this is kind of a universal thought about us as Sacramentans, I would say, Chris, we do as a community. Um, we we really run the – we play both sides of the fence in a lot of our things. Oh, yeah. Um, we're not L.A. We're not L.A. We're, we're small town here. Oh, no, but we're big time. We're big town. We're like the, You'll hear arguments like, oh, no, we're not a little town. We're, we're Sacramento. We're the capital of California. Wait, 
we, we, we're saying we're not LA. We're saying we're not San Francisco. We're a smaller town. But then at times we want to be like, we're big time. We deserve, we should have an NFL team or whatever other things you think big team, big towns have and big communities have. We really play both sides there. I think we have it a lot with the Kings. It's like, Hey, we're the ones that can say the things that people say about us, but I don't like that the media, you know, when they say about the Kings, they don't give us any love. And then when there's, um, why don't we get enough national TV games and we get a national TV? I don't like what they're saying about us. <laughs> it's like, we're all over the place sometimes on, on how we feel about how we're portrayed. Don't you think? And it makes sense to me. Yeah. Like that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think we're all in that kind of but line of thinking. Here's how, when I see those things like best places to live in America and Sacramento is on there. I'm first, I'm just like, yeah, of course. But then second, I'm like, don't tell everybody right. about it. Well, and then that, and then when you read it, you're like, that's not what it's like here. You know, when they like the, maybe the description of Sacramento is like this, this, I'm like, nah, it's, yeah. it's some of that, but not that. Um, and then sometimes you'll run into, oh, there's so much to do here. And then you get someone, well, we're an hour away from everything. It's like, wait, is there a lot to do here or is it somewhere else? Or an hour or so away from Tahoe, an hour or so away from San Francisco, or there's Napa. And there's like, well, wait, Sacramento I'm asking about. And <laughs> I do like, I do like to tell people, oh, this happened with Nick too. Because uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we got our big uh, Napa trip planned out. I heard mm-hmm. that's the place to go. I'm like, yeah. oh, I would never go there. That's way too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're so funny here. We're a funny lot. I got I to gotta agree. So I like to keep Sacramento a secret. I do, too. And, and you know, in some sense, look, I, I don't know that I enjoy that guys like Fox and Sabonis didn't get the national love for the All-Star game. But then my quest has kind of been here lately. Well, you know what they're going to end up being? They're going to be on that list of people that maybe don't make the uh, all-star game, but make can they make the all-NBA team? And when Embiid got hurt, I'm like, oh, Sabonis made all-NBA as a center last year. He's a lock this year now. That's my thought. I go, he's probably going to be second team all-NBA. So that was my thought. Read an article yesterday from CBSSports.com. So here's back to that, hey, talk about us more. But wait, don't talk about us in that way, you know, uh, wanting the praise, but then when you don't get it, getting frustrated. So here's what I saw. So projecting the all NBA teams, uh, first team, this is according to an article from CBSSports.com, Luka Doncic, no problem with that. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, look, he's in the MVP race. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Kevin Durant, and Nikola Jokic. Good. I mean, I... Durant's the only one that kind of, I go, hmm, is there someone else? But that's the only one in my mind, I thought. And, and really, I'm not even trying to, because th- I thought maybe Tatum there. Okay, second team, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and Devin Booker. Wait, who's the big? Who's the center? Do they have to have a center? What's going on? Where, where's... Sabonis, I was like that's a guaranteed. Okay, for whatever reason, he's not on the second team. I don't know, and it may, maybe they structurally has to have a big, and they don't have one there. I'm like, all right, this this is faulty, but they're gonna have him in the third team. Steph Curry, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards. Uh oh, here's a big Anthony Davis. It Rudy Gobert. Wait, what? What? And then they have still in the hunt. Tyrese Maxey. I'm doing this for drama in the order they have it, but still in the hunt. Tyrese Maxey, Jamal Murray, Paul George, 
LeBron James, James Harden, Victor Webinyama, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis. Why don't we get any love? I don't get it. I don't get it. You can't put up the numbers on a winning team and then for whatever reason they're hollow, empty calories. They don't make sense. DeMontis Sabonis has been out of this world. 21 triple-doubles that leads the league. Do they not matter? Is that not an important stat? All right, double-doubles. He could break the record for at least this year of passing Kevin Love. Uh, leading the league in rebounding. Top five in assists. Scoring. I, everybody's too enamored with just scoring. So if, if the negative would be on DeMontis Sabonis if there's a negative. I think he's in the top 50 in scoring. Well, there was a time, I think about 10 years ago, where there was about 10 to 12 players that scored more than 20 a game. Sabonis is over 20 a game, and he's like 50th. That's how much scoring has changed. But he's he's not he's not getting eight a game. Still getting 20. That's a number that used to have a little bit more significance to it. Um, so to me, and and maybe when it's structured out and they're kind of lined up with you know two in the conventional way, two guards and three bigs, or two guards, two forwards, and a center. I think he's in for sure. Uh, but we'll see. But it's it's one of those things that. I feel it's so funny about this area, about this market. And and I don't know. You've been other places, Chris. I, I guess I'd have to spend longer time in other markets. But really, I grew up in Los Angeles and don't remember it having an inferiority complex at all. Probably thinking too highly of itself would, would be what it was guilty of. Um, Do you know of any other market that you would have, as, any other place that you would say as a comp, not in lifestyle, the Sacramento, but more of that that uh, straddles the line of big city, small city kind of feel. Hmm. Well, I would say Cincinnati felt like Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, in what way? In that it's kind of like it's got like its downtown area, mm-hmm. it's spread out, and like the idea of it is there's a lot to do around it. Yeah. That's your... Oh, you're in Cincinnati? Like, the Cincinnati airport is in Kentucky. Uh-huh. So it's one of those things like, oh, you're in Cincinnati? You need to go to Kentucky and do this. Yeah. Oh, you need to go up north to Ohio and okay. do this type of thing. Okay. And I don't know how they feel as a community. I mean, they've got professional sports there. They've got some teams um, and other things to do, obviously. And that's really – because, like, their downtown, I would say, is smaller than Sacramento. Is it? And they've got like two huge stadiums, yes. <laughs> like right in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah, um, and it's it's you know, I don't know that that will change here for the for the near term. I mean, I, it could also be deemed as a charm of this area. It's like sometimes it's like I know I've been guilty of it. It's like uh, I don't I don't want you know a ton more traffic or all this much more stuff, but I like what we've got. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Yeah. It's like, you want to expand, you want to be bigger at times, but then, you know, it is nice to drive around this area. Sometimes you go for, you could be in, you know, congested five lane highway. And then you go, wow, there's acres of land over here and farms. And I mean, it just depends on where you are. You could be in different pockets of just general communities here. And you're like, there's horses, there's livestock, there's trees. And then it's like, man, there's, skyscrapers and buildings and i mean it's not that far separated here and and that's that is pretty unique to here and that's that used to be the thought when the arena was out at arco and people would fly into the airport and it's like oh it's just a cow town because people would see cows 
and livestock and that in on their drive to the airport. <laughs> like you wouldn't be going to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. But now, I mean, even the drive to the airport, I mean, it, that you think about that, that's, I mean, there's a lot more houses through that Natomas area and even more stuff is growing out by the airport. Yeah. And it, it's, you see, actually see a lot of riders. They've got like places in Sacramento mm-hmm. and it's like kind of, I, I'm trying to think of if I should say it. <laughs> well, what? Okay. Uh, the uh, announcer for the, uh, the jazz. Uh huh. Like he's got, a, I've gone out with him a couple times and he's got a couple spots around Sacramento. It's like, how did you find out about these yeah. places? Like, I know them, right. but like, how do you, as an outsider, yeah. know about these places? Good intel, right? Being here enough and finding out uh, areas to go, like uh, hanging uh, out with the right people uh, on the uh, um, on the uh, uh, with Alan and uh, Alan Styles and Chris mm-hmm. Watkins out at the Super Bowl. Kevin Blackenstone's out. He's, he's uh, oh yeah, just, like one of like, his favorite. Places. Oh, one of my favorite places is Maya Well, and I'm yeah. like, how do you know exactly. about that place? I mean, it was one that like. That was to me felt random, but yeah, that was really good intel, right? Yeah, and but then you'll get these, and then you'll see like people on Twitter like, "Oh, Sacramento is just the absolute worst place for people to go to." It's like, well, you're not looking anyplace. Yeah, and I would, and I don't know this in you know formally, but I have heard that from other NBA people. Like, I don't think Sacramento rates that highly amongst other NBA people traveling here. It's like, oh, Sacramento's well, not. I mean, my we've got to be better than Oklahoma City. Indianapolis. Yeah, I don't know. I think, but I think uh, some of those people have done more of the exploring, maybe. And I don't know. It just, uh, we'll, we'll keep it as we've got it. This is where we are. We love it. We absolutely love it. But as far as those guys, Fox and, and Sabona still getting their love, just, just keep going, keep pushing. And, you know, they could still end up having the last laugh here. All right. Tonight, the, those guys are going to be in action tonight in Denver against the Nuggets. They are trying to go four and oh. We'll look back at the previous three matchups. How it's gone so well for the Kings. Part of the reason, though, it's gone so well is Sacramento's been able to face this team when they haven't been completely healthy. The news tonight looks like Denver's completely healthy. There is a little bit of a question mark with De'Aaron Fox. We'll address that. More to come as well as who's hot, who's not. Three in the key for Kings and Nuggets. Some predictions on that game. That is all straight ahead here on your home of the Kings, Sacktown Sports. Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. Sacramento advances to the front court, far side of the floor. Harrison Barnes simply has to find a guy in a white uniform. He does so to Sabonis. The horn sounds, and this one is over. In most improbable fashion, the Sacramento Kings on the second night of a back-to-back where they've struggled mightily this season rise from the ashes at a night when they couldn't shoot 40% to save their soul. On a night when they scored only 16 points in the first quarter. They only had 40, uh, 36 points at the half. It was just a crazy night for Sacramento. And they walk off the floor, closing the game on a 13-5 run. The last 10 points scored by De'Aaron Fox. And the Kings get the victory. 102-98 is the final. 
Yeah, Sacramento, arguably one of their more impressive wins, the one right before the All-Star break. That was the G-man on the call. You'll be able to hear him tonight when the Kings take on the Nuggets looking for the season sweep of Denver. So 3-0 and against the champs. That has been impressive. And you have to look into the why and the factual part of it. They have yet to face Denver with that starting five that is, to me, one of the best next to Boston uh, the best starting fives in the league. Now, there might be more talented fives, like Denver has just the one all-star in Nikola Jokic, but Jamal Murray plays like one. Gordon is the perfect complementary piece. Porter's a young, nice player, and KCP fits in. like That That rounds out what they need for their five. And the last two times they've played Denver, they haven't had Contavious Caldwell-Pope. One of them, they didn't have Jamal Murray. One of them, they didn't have Michael Porter Jr., um, and what the first time they played him, they didn't have Jamal Murray either. So the Kings have been able to take advantage of that, back to that kind of narrative where the we said the stat yesterday. I think there's 29 times the Kings now have played an opposing team that didn't have at least one starter or more, and that Miami game dropped him to 18 and 11 in those games. But three of the wins have come against Denver when they're missing a piece, a key piece. And to me, I think when you play Denver – there's always the initial strategy is how are you going to handle Nikola Jokic? And what I mean by that, there was a game here um, a couple years ago in which the Kings, if I'm not mistaken, won, and Jokic went for 50. One of the highest scoring games at Golden 1 Center. He had 50, but I don't think he had the high level number of assists. Like the argument could be, hey, if he goes for 50, just gets a number and has four assists, let's say, and you try to clamp down everything else, are you better off to win? I mean, that's that's a strategy. I think ideally you always try to limit everybody. But I think to me where Denver is lethal, much like the Kings can be when Sabonis is getting in the mid-20s but also getting 13 or 14 assists, I mean, he's responsible for so much offense, and you know by 13 to 14 assists he's getting other people involved and you're getting a pretty good version of those guys that means maybe six or so of those are assists to Fox or Herter or Barnes that's getting them going and so I think you know the lower range triple double numbers for Jokic would be ideal obviously he's had some monster triple doubles had one recently where he didn't miss a field goal attempt went 10 for 10 Sabonis has been able to score on him he doesn't stop him very well which We've known the entire league doesn't either. But I think the less of that dunker spot in kind of breaking down the defense in the pain of Aaron Gordon, limiting Michael Porter's threes and KCP's threes, and doing the best you can on Jamal Murray has to be the thought process in this one. I mean, again, this team is is good in a wide variety of ways. Um. And they are fully healthy tonight. And to me, when I look at Denver, obviously now I've seen a team that has won the championship last year, a team that has been prepping for that the last couple of years and just kind of going and going and coming up short. And to their credit, I say this every time the Kings play Denver, they decided to stick with it for the most part, right? The main core group and really the core, I guess, is Porter, Murray and Jokic. Now, since time, they've added Gordon and other pieces around KCP and so on and so forth. But they've had other versions of that core with other players, and it's come up short. 
But where I compliment Denver is they decided as an organization to kind of stick with that and stick with Michael Malone. There are other teams that would have let go and fired Michael Malone. I'm glad they didn't. Personally, a huge fan of him. I think he's a wonderful coach, good guy. I root for Michael Malone. Rooted for him last year in the finals. I actually liked the Miami Heat, too. That was a final that I didn't have a dog in the fight and actually liked both teams. But I was rooting more so for Denver to get their first title, rooting for Michael Malone to get that. And I was appreciating what Miami had to offer and how they got there. So I I appreciated that last year. But now when I look at Denver, is a team that stayed committed to it, now knows they can win a title. They've got a unguardable talent in Nikola Jokic. And as long as he's on the floor, they have every opportunity to win. That starting five is great. Their weakness, if they have one, I would say is their bench depth. And in some of the wins the Kings have had, the bench has been able to take advantage of Denver and really, really dominate. Now, it's going to be more of a fair fight now, bench for bench, now that you're not moving a couple of bench guys into the starting lineup for Denver. So that's where it's going to be a little more evened out tonight. That'll be something to follow, something to see what the Kings bench of Lyles, Mitchell, Monk, those kind of guys can do against Denver's. What I perceive is a little bit of a lack of depth. It's actually a very young bench. That's probably the more fair way to put it. Uh, They lost some experienced guys along the way uh, in their title run. But the difference in the last time they played, you heard the G-Man's final call coming out of the break there. Kings, it was just kind of a, a, a slog through early on. They weren't playing great, couldn't shoot well, but Denver didn't put them away. It stayed close, and then actually De'Aaron Fox took over the game. Reggie Jackson will put the ball in play. Ball fake to the left, inbounds pass to Holiday. Back to Jackson. Pocket pick by Fox. Breakaway coming up. De'Aaron spikes it with the left-hand rip, and the Kings have scored nine straight. Here come the Nuggets right back. A run to the rim. Shot missed by Holiday. Rebound Sabonis. Gives it up to Malik Monk. A minute ten to go in this one. Sacramento leading 98-93. Now they space the floor. Spread things out now. Try to milk a little bit of clock. We hit the one-minute mark. It's Fox into the paint. Circle to the left, goes high glass, he scores again, and the Kings have hit the century mark, and they lead by seven with 58.7 seconds to go. Denver takes another timeout. Fourth quarter, Fox has come to life in Colorado with eight straight Sacramento points. It's 100 to 93. And it ultimately would be 10 straight for De'Aaron in that comeback for Sacramento. Now we bring up De'Aaron because at last check, there's a little bit of a questionable nature for De'Aaron Fox and whether or not he will play uh, tonight. Obviously that, that impacts things for Sacramento. Um, He's been so good. I mean, he has been absolutely amazing for the Sacramento Kings this season and really is back into that role of that higher dominant player. He had, he had hit a stretch where he wasn't playing as well. We all kind of questioned it. He referenced that injured shoulder, um, and so just, just a question mark, whether or not De'Aaron will go, we'll ask Katie about that coming up at nine. And obviously the uh, Kings are a different team without him, but they can win without him too, if that is the case. But I, I'm anxious to see the, much like we said, and I've said before about Denver who has lost three times to the Sacramento Kings, they will come in. Michael, Michael Malone will have them motivated, but the Kings should be in the same spot. Mike Brown should have the Kings motivated after letting one get away from them in the Miami heat game. Um, this reminds me of a game recently the Kings had where they were playing someone that had a bad loss in the second night of a back-to-back. 
But the Kings were coming off a loss. I said, you know what? Sacramento needs to be mad. They're a good team. They want to be a playoff team. The places they want to get to, they have to keep winning. And I've loved, loved their last two road wins. The win in Denver before the break and out of the break at the Clippers are the two games that made me feel like this team could do some damage, could get to the playoffs and actually do some damage. Where you lose that confidence is in the follow-up game at Miami. And it doesn't have to always lose a confidence in every time they lose. I think it was based on the circumstances of who Miami was missing out on. And maybe Miami was the wrong team to have that thought process in because I do respect how hard they play, their approach to every game, and that next man up and plug and play. They're kind of the same team regardless. But those guys that did play for Miami took it to the Kings. I mean, they really did. And I think Sacramento realized that. They've got to do more of the same tonight. Uh, when they're in Denver to do that to the Nuggets. All right, when we return, we will have some predictions on this. Three in the key for the Kings and Nuggets. Also, who's hot, who's not, that and more. Before we get to Katie Christensen at 9, that's all straight ahead here on Sacktown Sports. What's hot? Yeah, hot. Real hot. And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air, Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company and second opinion partner. All right, let's ask that question. Who is hot? What do you got, Chris? Erling Holland. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Striker for Manchester City. Striker. Yesterday in the fifth round of the FA Cup, Erling Holland had a hat trick in the first half. Wow. He finished the game with five goals Woo. in City's six to two win over Luton Town. Holland's five goals matches Manchester United's Marcus Rashford, who has five goals. In all competitions this season, what um, do you know by chance? Like in in who, who? What's the most goals anybody's had in a game? I mean, five is amazing. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. I think uh, I think in the Premier League it's six. Is it really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, well that's hot. Hat trick in the first half, five for the game. Uh, who's not? The Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Okay. Remember how I said the Wizards could go winless in the month of yeah. February yesterday? They still have one more game to go, I think, yeah. Yeah, they got they play the Lakers tomorrow. Yeah. Well, after last night's game, 106-96 loss to the Heat, Portland Trailblazers went winless in the month of February. It is the first time in their franchise history that they have failed to win at least one game in a month. Wow. Sorry, Blazers. Let's see, there's another team that beat the Kings. It's bad uh, all these who's not have beaten the Kings this season. I know, season. I know. And it's been a decent year for the Kings, but this uh, keeps uh, keeps falling in place. Um, before we get to our three in the key for tonight, you were telling me a story off air earlier. Uh, where did you see that about the variable pricing? Where was that, at Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's. So what's the story there? So I the idea – so you know when um, it's dynamic pricing? Yeah, dynamic. So like if the Kings are playing – uh, the Lakers, the price for the tickets are higher than if they're playing the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I think it's more like uh, Uber. So oh, like, yeah. If like you, like if you're at the game, yep. the prices are going to be higher just because yeah. there's more demand for it. Sure. Well, they want to bring that to burgers. <laughs> okay. So the idea of it is, is as it gets more crowded, the prices will go higher for their food. I mean, I think the answer is then for the – customers to then just turn around and not go there but i don't know if it's that simple i think it's that simple yeah i think you're already in your car you're just looking for something quick what's crazy is like 
all fast food recently is insanely expensive. That's true. I mean, there used to be a thing. I mean, the ideally the reason that you have fast food is like I don't even know if there's ideally, but um, fast, quick, and affordable. Let's say, but that is not the case, is it? I mean, like. I can't remember. There was a time a while back I got some sort of combo. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And you're thinking in my head, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, well, this would be like less than 10 bucks. And it was like. 14.62. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Did I get something else that I didn't realize? The uh, Yesterday I was coming back from the doctor's office and it's one of those things like, oh man, I just need something to eat. So I'm mm-hmm. like, and I'm going past these places and I'm just like, oh, no, no, it's, that's too expensive. That's too expensive. Then I remember, oh, I'm right next to. Uh, Stockton Boulevard, there's this bon mi spot, Duck Wong's. Mm-hmm. It's like this huge bon mi. They oh, yeah. bake their Thanks. bread in-house. Okay. Six bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's there like the go. best deal in Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. And that thing was probably lunch and dinner. Yeah, and it was like amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and great. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I don't. we're not going to ever retreat back to lower prices, I would say, but it's just the rise is pretty drastic compared to – to where we are, seemingly, I just that that that's crazy. How much some of those things have jumped to? I think In and Out does a pretty good job. They are very good. They, that's been relatively uh, consistent. And you know, I look. I'm not a uh, um, restaurant owner or business model guy, but it just seems like if you've got a good product and you can hit that sweet spot of like, look, you got to make money, but can you also get to where like people go, yeah, that's it's comfortable. I'll pay that because it's worth it, and I'm not. You know, whereas you go, I've, I'm there, but let's get a little more. That's like greed and everything is where we get hurt. Like, oh you, man, I'm out of cash. And then you get people that are all out of cash. You just don't want that dynamic pricing at Wendy's. Hmm. You, that was some boardroom guy coming up with that idea. Yeah. Um, and even like uh, that uh, doesn't go to fast food. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some of the things too. What's uh, surprised me, like you know, the gimmicks you'll see, like oh, we still have the dollar menu, and you get there, it's like, well, maybe it's not really a dollar. Or Why did I just pay three fifty on this dollar menu yeah, item? Or it's something like, yeah, for a, um, you know, a, a kid's small drink, and you're like, all right, well, that's the only thing you have on there. I thought you could get some sort of side item for at least a dollar. Back in my day, anyway. All right, Chris. Did I paid my taxes. I was waiting for that one. Uh, let's do it. Let's make some predictions for tonight's game. It is time for three in the key for the Kings and the Nuggets. All right. Our first of our predictions today in three in the key. Well, the Kings are playing the Nuggets. I talked about one of the key things to watch for tonight might be the benches. So we're looking for bench points for the Kings bench points the Nuggets. I will go with Sacramento is going to score 48. Denver is going to have 22. I will say Kings. 48 might be too high. 34. I don't know. Monk might have 30, Jason. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm going to say 34 for the Kings and 25 for the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I might be second guessing my Kings pick, but I'll leave it there. I put it first. First reaction. I won't say is always right, but that's what I was leaning towards. We're going to say, wow, Monk and Lyles just went off tonight. (laughs) Let's go with uh, the battle of the big men. Two of the best in the league, DeMontis Sabonis, Nikola Jokic. The stat line for those two. Both are always on triple-double watch. I will go with Sabonis tonight. I'm feeling a 20 
14 and not a triple double tonight. 20, 14, and 7. Jokic will get there. He's going to have 28, 10, and 10. I've got Sabonis 22, 14, and 11. Okay. And I will say that Jokic will have 33, 11, and 7. Only seven dimes. What happened to him? But he's the best passing big man in the league. He still is averaging a few more assists or a little bit percentage points better than DeMontis Sabonis. Lastly, Chris, we are looking for a random stat. Something different, something odd, something we don't expect to have happen in this game. Um, Let me see on mine. What was I? I had one earlier in the day I was thinking of, and I blanked on it. So I'm going to have to come up with one here. Let's go with, if I got those bench points, I'm going to say that Monk has 20 or more off the bench. I'm going to say Keegan is catching a body. Ooh. He's throwing it down on somebody. Will he celebrate? He'll give like a try not to smile, smile. What did you think of the other night when he had, uh, what game was that? There was the Clippers. When the ball went off Kawhi, and he, like right away, he's like, that's the oh, most yeah. animated, like, hey, coach, I don't even know what happened because live I thought it was off Keegan. Live when I watch it, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it went off Keegan. Yeah. And then when he's like, no, 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 review, I'm like, oh, no, no way. Yeah, right away I would have gone, challenge. I don't even know. I don't even have to look back at the coaches. Keegan has never done that. I don't know that how many times he ever will. And I think Keegan would be more upset if he got it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> coach, I'll never do that again. Sorry. I'm down here. Keegan's one of a kind. I really like Keegan a lot. I, I'm so excited to see where his career is going to go. He's gotten so much better defensively. I mean, I really like to watch him play defense. And then offensively, I mean, he's still still gifted. I mean, he's had some ups and downs, but right now this team needs him more for his defense. But when he gets those, you know, we gave those stats yesterday. When he scores 20 or more, the team wins. Um, when he can get going and really cooking, I think it's just so fun to watch he gets as hot as anybody. I, I think that's actually a good question. Who on the roster would you say, Chris, like gets the hottest? And my reference would be like Steph Curry's the best player in the Warriors, but people would always say like nobody gets hotter than Clay, like when he's crazy hot. What would be your power rankings of like if they get in a in a heater, who who gets who gets the hottest fastest? I would say Keegan. And we kind of saw that. Yeah, Monk can do that. Monk does it. We haven't seen a lot, but Herder can. Herder can. And then you kind of go, well, you know what? It just Fox just scores so many times. It's like, oh, by the way, Fox is 15 in the quarter. It's like, Fox can do it too. He has to, doesn't really do it for the whole game, but Trey yeah. Lyles will have like True. three threes, just like boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. Um, I think I think Sasha has that potential too. It just hasn't yeah. happened that much. He's kind of had some really bad luck this season. Yeah. Um. Sabonis doesn't feel like I mean it's different when you're getting like two pointers or you know up and unders but that's still you know being hot yeah, that's it doesn't feel like you're hot if you like get the ball in the post and and just score just drag your man <laughs> just bully ball and cram on him cram <laughs> uh it is more about three-point shooting it feels like right it seems like when when somebody I mean that'd be fun to see if like Sabonis just felt it and like was knocking down because most teams just let him shoot out there yeah he, he takes it you know maybe one a game two a game at the most but I'm comfortable with him shooting threes 
Yeah. I would almost say like he could take like a couple more games. I agree. And then, you know, if that opens things up more for him and for the rest of the team, I could see that as being beneficial. But it, it's, you know, tonight in this matchup, we're going to talk about this coming up too with uh, Katie Christensen, our Kings television analyst, always spend our Wednesdays with her um, in just a few moments. And, you know, kind of get her perspective on what some of the keys are for tonight. Because do you let a guy like Jokic free? And just kind of have his big number scoring-wise, but try to take off his passing lanes. And, you know, in, in some sense, does that protect Sabonis from foul trouble? I mean, I think this could be an Alex Len, JaVale McGee type night, too. Uh, they don't always get a chance to play, but I feel like tonight is a night where we get to see them more. And what can that do? The minutes with Sabonis off the floor. The other thing that has to happen, and I think is shown to be an indicator of how you can beat the Denver Nuggets, is what one of the best plus minus guys in the league is Jokic. The minutes he's on the floor, the Denver Nuggets are better. I mean, that usually goes without saying, but it's pretty drastic. And so when he's off the floor, you have to either add to your lead or gain ground on your deficit without him on the floor because that is when uh, the obvious statement they're not as complete, they're not as well rounded, they're not as lethal and you know, he'll he'll probably go out for one segment in the first half and one segment in the second half and that's it. So the Kings have to take advantage of those minutes, uh, those non-Jokic minutes on the floor. So we'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. Also, in our final hour, we are going to visit with Katie Christensen coming up uh, to start the hour, but we still will have the guys in studio here at the end of the next hour, a little crosstalk with Styles and Watkins. Uh, we will have celebrity birthdays. Also, uh, tonight in the NBA, some games of note besides the Kings. Obviously, the Kings are, are first and foremost on our mind. But there's some things that could help Sacramento, some things to root for tonight around the NBA. We'll have that for you coming up in our final hour as well. So all that is coming up. Katie Christensen, though, to join us when we return for the final hour of the show today. That is coming up right here on Sacktown Sports.